was Hound Dog by Elvis Presley, you just heard, which was one of the most common songs played in diners across America on the famously known jukebox. Jukebox was definitely something well before its time. It was a common misconception these retro machines were invented in the 40s and 50s during the time of the stereotypical age of greasers, hot rods, and drive-in movie theaters. However, the initial jukebox was first invented in the late 1800s when they were originally called phonographs. Mary Bellis, journalist for blog Thought Co., mentions in her article Louise Glass and William S. Arnold placed a coin-operated Edison cylinder phonograph in the Palais Royale Saloon in San Francisco. It was an Edison M- Class M electric phonograph in an oak cabinet that was refitted with a coin mechanism patented by Glass and Arnold. This was the first nickel in the slot. The machine had no amplification and patrons had to listen to the music using one of four listening tubes. The design of the initial jukeboxes, otherwise known as phonographs at the time, were very unorganized and felt more like a piece of furniture that wasn't really accessible just to everyone yet. Um, it wasn't until 1918 when Hobart Niblack was able to invent a newer version which allowed an automatic change of selection to different music, making it very selective to the consumer. Unfortunately, the invention of the radio providing free entertainment to all uh, in the hit of the Depression, it seemed as though the life of the phonograph would be short-lived due to the lack of income for entertainment across the United States. As we all know, the phonograph made a comeback known as the jukebox after the Depression and made it big in the entertainment world. That was yet another hit, Johnny Be Good, a well-known rock and roll tune played on almost every jukebox in America. After the Depression, people could start affording to manufacture the per- to, and purchase jukeboxes, and its crew really took off and made a huge name for itself for many years in the music and entertainment industry. It wasn't until the 1940s when jukeboxes really hit the ground running in the industry. Before, they were designed to be boring pieces of furniture, but now they seemed to come back with a completely different look. Scott, who writes for HomeLeisureDirect.com, a site specifically for jukeboxes, which actually you can purchase them, which is pretty cool, um, mentions in his article about the brief history of jukeboxes that they were no longer just wooden boxes. They now had metal castings, plastic parts, and even tubes of cellophane worked into their design. They mimicked an Art Deco style, they used bright and colorful lights, and they came in other shapes besides just a rectangular prism. This drew in a lot of attention to the public eye, especially the younger generations who enjoyed listening and dancing to music as a pastime. Now, originally, the jukebox typically played jazz music, and they were only located in bars and brothels, so only adults really had access to them. But after World War II, however, the jukebox made a swing back into its fame after a brief halt due to the war in in more traditional places such as diners. The difference between pre-war and post-war use, which is probably the most important thing about the jukebox's career, was the type of music that was being played. Um, A little fun fact about it, actually. uh, The music industry actually invested in the jukebox to play the newest records to analyze what tracks were being played um, the most in each box. This would be able to decipher what tracks were the most popular to listeners, which very well have contributed to the classic hits we know of today. 
Um, I like to relate this actually to um, Apple Music, um, where you can actually subscribe to them and you can actually listen to um, every music that's been released on Apple Music. And with that, you can uh, the music industry has been able to decipher what tracks have become more popular. And you know that by when you look at the albums, you actually see little stars next to certain names of the songs um, in the album, which actually tell you which are the most popular or the most listened to. Um, so, cool connection to today. Um, but some of the most classical hits that were played in jukeboxes around the country included Hound Dog by Elvis Presley, which you heard earlier, um, Hey Jude by The Beatles, um, which actually with Beatlemania, they, um, they, they found their way into many jukeboxes around um, America once they came over to America. Um, Mac the Knife by Bobby Darin, which is a very famous jazz song, which I actually sang once and performed many times, um, which is pretty cool. Um, and New York, New York by Frank Sinatra, which is another huge jazz hit um, by one of the greatest jazz singers, I think, um, ever. Um, but before the war, you could really only find jazz music in jukeboxes. However, major historical events such as the war and even Beatlemania, like I mentioned before, caused a huge distinction between the generations because there was new music. Um, I don't know if you guys remember watching Grease or hearing the music that they play from the jukeboxes and their diner scenes, but these were exactly the songs introduced in jukeboxes throughout every diner. Um, kids of this generation now had a place to go uh, and hang out every day after school and dance. Um, while it seemed as though the jukebox would be the epitome of musical devices for generations to come, the inventions of the Walkman, the CD player, and even Steve Jobs, um, Steve Jobs of the iPod would actually push the jukebox out of the spotlight in the entertainment and music industry, which is um, pretty sad. The Sony Walkman is a tiny stereo cassette player with truly incredible sound. Put on a Walkman and see the world in a whole new light. The Walkman from Sony, the one and only. <clears throat> With the jukebox um, being at the height of its career, it seemed like it was never going to leave the minds of adolescents and other listeners across the world. However, as the saying goes, every good thing must come to an end. So as much as people didn't want to believe this for the jukebox, bigger and better forms of entertainment came into the picture and took over the musical spotlight. Um, what you just heard before this segment, um, which was actually the decline of the jukebox and its use, um, was actually a commercial for the Sony Walkman, um, one of the biggest innovations in the early 80s that transformed the world of music listeners. The Walkman changed music industry forever because its portability and, access and accessibility to all. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, the jukebox brought everyone together to listen to the greatest hits of today in places like diners and bars and what have you, but um, with the music industry booming with new genres of music like pop music, um, heavy metal, hip-hop, it became more difficult for people to be able to agree on what music to listen to. So the struggle led to the creation of Walkman, the portable device that allowed users to play their favorite albums on cassette tapes. Uh, so this put people into their own worlds based on the music that they chose to listen to. Uh, Jonathan Glancy um, uh, released an article um, that actually, when he talks about the Walkman, was about freedom of the individual. So in the commercial that I played for you, it actually showed a man walking down the street um, only to look across the street and see a group of many different people jamming out to music that he couldn't even hear. 
Um, so this major hit caused a huge decline in the jukebox because newer generations stopped going to the diners to hang out because now they had their own musical boxes that they could use individually. Eventually, Steve Jobs unveiled the iPod, which was even more portable than the Walkman because you didn't have to carry around a cassette tape or you know things like that. You just had one singular box um, of music that stored so much music. Um, and so by that point, jukeboxes were almost completely taken out of diners. Um, but today, you can actually... Um, they're actually considered vintage items, um, such as record players and actually cassette tapes now, uh, believe it or not. Um, and you can... Most people only purchase them as collectible items. So you can no longer find them in restaurants or bars unless they're like 50s themed, um, in which case they'd pretty much be in every single uh, themed restaurant that you find. Um, but if you would like to purchase um, a jukebox or consider purchasing one um, or even wonder how much they would cost today, you can actually check out homeleisuredirect.com, which sells restored jukeboxes. And actually I used um, one of their journalists, Scott, um, earlier who talked about the design of them, uh, you can pick different ones. You can see the different designs of them. There's different models and things like that. Um, so the jukebox, I mean, I would still love to use them today. And I think, um, restaurants still use them in a sense, um, of the newest innovation design where they're really just sort of there on the wall and you just choose a song, um, on a touchscreen and it's all digital. There's no discs. There's no records. There's no vinyls. There's there's nothing. It's just stored tracks like a big iPod, I guess you could say. Um, but I guess it would be something to check out if you guys ever wanted to um, own one yourself or if you ever considered opening up a restaurant that was 50s themed, you could um, look into purchasing one yourself. So um, I really hope you guys enjoyed listening to my talk about uh, the jukebox and how it rose to its fame and how its spotlight was so quickly taken from it. So thanks guys for listening. <laughs>